This is Jim Coburn of Commodity Research Group. I'm here with Andy LeBeau, also of Commodity Research Group, and we're here to talk about energy markets. To learn more about us, you can check out our website, commodityresearchgroup.com, where we post our podcast and blog. We would like to thank our friends at EKT Interactive Oil and Gas Training for hosting this podcast. Check out their newsletters, podcasts, and learning modules at ektinteractive.com. This podcast should be construed as market commentary, merely observing economic, political, and market conditions, and is not intended to refer to or endorse any particular trading system, strategy, or recommendation. We are not responsible for trading decisions taken by anyone. Information is not guaranteed to be accurate. This is not an offer to buy or sell any derivative. And it's in the afternoon, August 17th, uh, I'd say about 2.30 Eastern time. Andy LeBeau, we have, this is our first podcast in two months. We, we took a month off, but the market has been coming off, showing some weakness. We're up at uh, $74 in October, and uh, now we're at $66.47 uh, when uh, some folks were expecting us to be much higher by now. What happened? Well, I, th- I think that there are two major factors, and they, of course, Jim, are, are related. One, of course, is the fundamentals, which uh, we will discuss in, in details. And uh, second has been flow, has been uh, order flow. And uh, what, what we've seen is the liquidation of the big trade for uh, 2021, for at least for the second half of 2021, big hedge fund positioning for rates to go higher and inflation higher. And crude along with it, uh, we saw net length get up to um, 425,000 contracts on June 15th, a 23 to 1 ratio of longs to shorts, which is uh, just way off the charts. As of uh, August 10th, that, that net length got down to 287,000 contracts. So we've seen 140,000 contracts liquidated as uh, the market did not, didn't go up, you know, went down uh, contrary to to expectations. And it was, uh, you know, uh, the classic, everybody trying to get out through a a tightening uh, exit. Now, if you look at the ratio, you know, I mentioned that 23 to one we're now down to uh, seven to one. Mm. And according to uh, the work that uh, one of our colleagues, Billy Perlman has done, the, the five-year average is around two and a half to one. So there still could be some room for the, for the market to uh, liquidate, you know, could liquidate further. Uh, and that wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me in the least, Jim, if we, if we saw uh, some further liquidation. Yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting. Um, I was just I was looking at the August uh, short term energy outlook put out by the EIA, and in their summary, uh, once again, they write about the uh, heightened uncertainty due to COVID. And you want to just uh, talk about the Delta variant for a second? Yeah, because that why why is the exit door narrowed in and uh, the the net net length have, having to uh, having to liquidate. 
uh, it's because of a, a change in perception, a change in sentiment, and that's all due to the uh, Delta variant. You know, many the reason I, I think many of us, myself included, just a few weeks ago, you know, we were looking at, at balances that showed a, a really significant drawdown in the, in the second half of, uh, of 2021 based on rising demand expectations. And now uh, all analysts and traders are uh, furiously trying to figure out what the effect of um, the the Delta variant is going to be on on demand. And uh, as we know from from the last year uh, and a half, there's an immediate effect on uh, petroleum demand and in particular transport demand. And of course, if it has an effect on the uh, you know the global growth, that's going to that's petrochemical demand and and certainly uh, diesel demand. So you know now that now the, the challenge is to figure out okay, so what's the number? You know wh- wh- how much is demand going to be down? I think the, the IEA came out with uh, I think there were seven hundred thousand barrels a day lower in in second half. I think Goldman was talking about a billion barrels a day. We are uh, we're looking for right now uh, a third quarter decline of about seven hundred thousand barrels a day in um, in global demand, and that is uh, you know off around the ninety eight million barrel a day number. So it's still less than one. Now for fourth quarter, I you know I, I marked it down only two hundred thousand, but I I don't know. I mean we have to see how. Right. You know, we have to see how things develop. I mean, certainly, you know, the, there's been there's been restrictions, but probably less than you know, certainly less than than uh, than last year. But you know, again, I, I think we have to see how how things transpire as we head into the the fourth quarter. You know, I feel pretty good about the the seven hundred number, but you know, I could be wrong by anywhere from, you know, from half a million to a million barrels a day. I was going to say by 700. <laughs> or by 700, maybe it'll be up. Well, you know, it's interesting. India demand after the, you know, they had, I don't know, uh, maybe it's their third wave. You, you lose count of the, the waves, but they, they obviously had a terrible go of it in the, in the spring and uh, early summer. And uh, the, their demand, it looks like in July, at least gasoline demand was higher than uh, than pre-COVID, so so they had a nice comeback in India. I was, I was wondering about um, we in we were talking about uh, gasoline demand coming into the summer uh, being pretty good, pretty strong. You know, as people you know kind of do driving vacations relative to say flying vacations, less uh, international travel would keep the uh, jet fuel demand down. Now is that is that pretty much uh, still in play? That idea, or is, is gas demand still pretty robust relative to, say, um, jet, maybe even diesel? Yeah, gasoline demand uh, at least through July. Uh, July, I think, is going to come out around two four to uh, nine four to uh, nine five. I think August is going to come pretty close to that. Gasoline demand has has been uh, it, it, it's come in certainly better than what the EIA had expected, uh, which is no big deal because their number was was you know just ridiculously low. 
uh, for their expects for the summer demand. I think they had a you know low nine number uh, for for the summer. Uh, and you, I think. Sorry, I just want to interject. You you know I love the EIA, but they looks like they their forecast change was uh, one of them was that they lowered uh, uh, OPEC production by six hundred thousand barrels after you you know after they saw the uh, OPEC meeting what came out of it and yeah. um, and the market came down. <laughs> so right, I feel bad. <laughs> right. Well, you know. Yeah, well, first of all, their number was, again, I love the EIA also. I think they, they do good work. You can't get it. You know, they put out a lot of numbers and a lot of data, and yeah. you're not going to get them all right. But that one, they were way off. You know, you could see, I, I think as soon as they came out, whenever that was months ago, you know, I was like, what? Where are they getting this from? But and we've always, you know, we always talk about how it's this, we're, we're trying to predict things that are moving around and you know since covid they're moving around at a at a rapid rate and um i i just wish more forecasters would recognize even though it sounds starting to sound like a broken record i have to realize how hard it is to forecast forward they still many of them come out with the same confidence of uh days when you know before all this stuff so Anyway, oh, it's impossible, Jim. It's I mean, impossible. So it, yeah, it really is impossible. I mean, they, like I said, um, they, they put out a lot of numbers, and um, you're not you're not getting any of the, you know, you're not getting all of them right. But uh, they do they do a pretty. They, I, I think they do a good job, and so, certainly their their weeklies are, uh, oh, yeah. you know, they're they're very volatile, but you know they they serve they serve uh, an important function and they, they usually get it right you know uh, unfortunately that petroleum supply monthly comes out months from now i mean this Use, month is for useless. weeks from months ago yeah yeah so yeah. The, you know, for us for, for, for what us, we're looking they're, at they're, right for the for the market that doesn't that doesn't do a lot of good yeah, but anyway right. let's get back to the yes. back on subject yes the, the gasoline i think gasoline demand this summer has been has been good as advertised, you know, came in pretty much what we were looking for. Uh, and now let's see, you know, as we head into in August, I think it'll be good. Uh, and seasonally, gasoline demand usually comes off uh, as we head into September and October as vacations end. But so we are seeing improvement in jobs. So that, that you know, that that's helping. Yeah. I, before we get to jobs, I, I wondered... What's your take on the uh, refinery response or runs to this gas demand? It, to me, I just felt like I expected them to come back a little harder than that. And then oh, watch, me too. Watch the gas crack go up and up and up. It's oh, finally, yeah. it's finally coming off. But, yeah, you know. but right. I, I yeah, gasoline stocks have really have really drawn here this this summer, and refiners. You know, they really didn't respond the way I thought they would by giving by producing more uh, more gasoline. You know, they were to a certain extent leery about uh, producing too much too much jet. Right. Uh, and you know, they've kept runs. Runs have gone contrast easily. They've gone down, and we'll see. You know, in September, I think they may be stronger. You know, the margins have been good i mean gulf coast margins are really good so 
you know, I, I think September runs will be maybe higher than originally forecast. And then in October, we go into, uh, you know, we go into turnarounds in October and November. And of course, it's hurricane season. Uh, which, I was just going to mention that. And when are you going to bring up hurricanes? Right, right. It's hurricane season. And that, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, sometimes when there are, as, as you know, Jim, sometimes when they forecast like, oh, it's going to be a really big hurricane season. There's like no hurricanes. And yeah. Then, what, then, what was the year? The year after Katrina was like that, wasn't it? Was it we were supposed to get as many hurricanes. Yeah, was, I think it might have been two years after Katrina. Because uh, I thought they, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. They were they were expecting the same amount and it was almost zero. It was but, almost um, zero, right? I, I do wish, I hope someone from the CME or the ICE is listening to this. I do wish we had a very active uh, crack spread option. You know, just, uh, you know, the, the, the RBOB contract against any of the crudes, WTI or Brent, and the uh, diesel contract against... The, uh, I know I know it's listed. It just doesn't trade. They got they have, they need to go uh, visit a couple of our friends in Houston and and rev this thing up because there's there's just lots of plays I think in the in that market. Oh yeah, for refiners, it it would be great if that had liquidity. One of uh, one of our market maker friends said he stopped doing it because the paper just came one way. It was all refiner hedging. Right. I don't think you'd see that now. I think you'd see you know, come all different kinds of directions. I, th I think you're right. And uh, yeah, I, I think the industry could really use liquidity in that, in that product. And so nice. Andy, uh, what's, what's going on in China? They're a big, they're growing, they're not growing, they're dumping, they're not dumping. What are they doing? Well, I think the, the market is, is certainly laser focused on, on China these days. One thing that, uh, we've seen, you know, we've, we've seen global inventories draw now for four quarters in a row. And a lot of that draw is coming out, is coming out of China. Remember, China wisely bought amazing, awesome, incredible amount of crude when uh, prices collapsed in uh, the second quarter of uh, last year. They, they bought so much crude that there was traffic in, in the, most of in Many of their uh, in many of their ports, and they they really didn't get it unload couldn't get it all unloaded until uh, like fourth or first quarter of this year. Uh, <laughs> the, but it gave them a lot of flexibility. So yeah. when prices you know prices have surged in uh, the second quarter here, you know they've been able to run down inventories. They ran down inventories in the in the first quarter. So you know they have they haven't been as active on the uh, on the buy side and certainly as, as in the rest of their economy they are they are coming down harder on on uh on the regulatory side you know in terms of uh imports and uh and exports i think that um so you know the second quarter numbers are, are going to look a little bit soft for for china but uh, but i think second half will certainly i think we'll see a pickup particularly as prices are uh, are coming off. I think I think net net, you know, China's still going to end up, you know, so somewhere. It's not going to be a million barrel a day growth this year. It would be slightly. I think it's going to be less than that. I think it's going to come in around eight hundred thousand barrels a day, which is still pretty pretty good. Yeah. Uh, for growth, because last year they had a 
you know, they had a good, they had a very good year in terms of uh, demand growth um, relative to the rest of the world. They actually grew a little bit last year uh, while the rest of the world was, uh, you know, was collapsing. Yeah. Uh, um, on that point, do you, do you have us, um, do you have uh, 2022 demand over uh, 2019 or no? I actually do have that. Um, you wor- you worked out those numbers? Yeah, uh, I have us up by about over a little over three million barrels a day. I think OPEC is. Let's see, OPEC has ninety six. Oh, OPEC is over four million barrels a day. So this is uh, what over what when you say over this three? is year year over year. So okay. So, so you, roughly yeah. like three million barrels a day, and that's from six and a half. I'm sorry. Just to explain that number for well, me. I'm sorry. OPEC is OPEC is up three point three million barrels a day total demand. So let's say OPEC, you know, they're close to a hundred million barrels a day expectations for uh, next oh, year. I'm sorry. Oh, yes, the OPEC report that comes out. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. that, You're right. yeah, yeah. You're right. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Now, you know, if you look at if you look at this OPEC report, by the way, the one that came out Thursday, this last Thursday, yeah, you know, it was really bearish because they didn't change they didn't change demand in the second half, which I don't understand. The second half of twenty one, but if you look at twenty twenty two first half. Yes. Uh, they they don't give you what they think OPEC production is going to be. Right. But if you if you use um, let, let's just use the EIA numbers because the EIA does expect does give you what they think OPEC production is going to be. You know they they've got builds of uh, two to you know first quarter that OPEC report is looking for, if you use the, that OPEC report is looking for a build of, of 3 million barrels a day in yeah. the first quarter, and then like 2 million in the second quarter. Now, you're not going to find that in the OPEC report. No. If you go read that and go, what is this guy talking about? Right. You know, what I'm doing <laughs> is, what I'm doing is just using what the EIA thinks OPEC production is going to be in the first half, and just using that number. And if you put it into all the balances. You're going to get a big build. It's bearish. I was uh, noticing that, and I, I'm glad you brought that up. I, uh, I, I, but I'm, I'm not sure our listeners, uh, once they're done with this podcast, rush to read the uh, OPEC report, but it's, it's still the OPEC, the IEA, and the EIA are pretty good to uh, look at uh, each month just to kind of, you know, it's almost like bouncing off your ideas with somebody else. Now, to look at the you know, what we're looking for is about an 800,000 barrel a day build. Others have, you know, others have um, either unchanged or, or uh, you know, build. The EIA has a build of about a half million barrels a day. So, you know, those are, those are bearish. And, uh, you know, it, and this is without Iran on the market. You know, this is assuming that OPEC unwinds its deal for the OPEC plus unwinds its deal by 400,000 barrels a day each month, every every month, you know, through, through May. 
And if they did that, we're going to see big builds in the in the first half, and that's without Iran on them. You know, Iran increasing production. Now they are they still meeting month to month, or is it the next uh, meeting? No, they're meeting. They're still meeting month to month. Okay. I don't and, think any, nothing's going to happen this month. I don't okay. Think. They feel like they're in good shape. Um, the price. So we talked about the price coming down, and uh, where does it go from here? I guess is my question. Do we have? Do we have a lot more downside? Do you think? I, I don't what's, think. What you call your term? I don't. I, no, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, it, what, what I think has happened to this market is because of demand expectations being lowered as as much as as they have been. I, I think the range has been lowered. You know, you, you had a, people looking for eighty dollars a, a barrel, and uh, you know, I, I think that. Those hopes are, are dashed to, to a certain extent, uh, and I think the range for WTI, you know, I think it could be like sixty to seventy or sixty-two to seventy-two, something, something like that. Now, if you know, if the variant goes away and and everything is, um, you know, good good to go in the fourth quarter, that that could change too. But you know, that that again is uh, that's to be determined, right? And and so it's all contingent on this. Uh, I'm thinking about uh, we seeing more driving. We're going to see people still drive it. People go, you know, back. To, it's back to school. So I think that's where you see some of that. You mentioned uh, a lot more people going back to work. However, they might not be driving. You know, they might be working from home. Right. Right. And so you have to adjust your models. To, right. To reflect and, that. And a lot of a lot of companies, at least. Um, you know, locally, there a lot have been talking October, but some are pushing it back to uh, January. I think Amazon uh, pushed it back till uh, till January. Uh, the return to uh, return to offices. Yeah, I think that's uh, that that's a also a moving target. You know, you know, anecdotally, I think that's people have seen a lot of pushback, and you know, it, it, and even when they go back, it's going to be you know, fluid or people go in for three days, but maybe not, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. A lot, of, a lot going on. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. The other interesting thing, are they going to take mass? Are they going to take the train? Um, you know, I don't see why not. I think the train is fine, but you know, are they going to drive? Yeah. We'll see. Certainly traffic has been uh, pretty, traffic's been pretty intense this uh, so far in the in second and third quarter. Uh, um, Andy, we've got an issue of climate change, or at least as uh, I, I took my son to school when he was in kindergarten, and this uh, young woman, young young girl student said, uh, it's friggin' hot outside. And I always love her expression, so I say it now. It's it's. Have you seen any does that show up in your numbers that that it's uh you know they said it was the hottest july on record i, I don't know i mean do, do you see that showing well, I think up in, it, I, well i think for natural gas it's natural really gas, definitely. Up. Oh, oh definitely goodness. definitely yeah, yeah i mean that's been you know that market has been um obviously very very strong you know i i don't think so much um because you know petroleum is is not a big you don't use that much petroleum for uh, to generate uh, electric demand, electrical demand. So. So, so there's less and less diesel. 
Yeah, yeah. There's hardly any these days, or, or you know, very, very little. So I don't think it has yeah. uh, as as big of an impact. Now, certainly, you know, we can talk about what's going to happen over the next, you know, five to ten years. That's going to have a big impact. You know, the whole notion of uh, of climate change and the transition. But we'll be talking a lot about that, Jim. I know it's a it's a inter- very interesting. Is now you you get more and more stories about the pushback of uh, we want to get our current government wants more EVs, but there may not be the supply chain, you know, those metals to get to where they want to go. So it's, it's going to be interesting to, th- to, to think about as we go forward. Okay. Yeah, our government, our government has, um, you know, is, is definitely trying to hasten the, the transition away from uh, petroleum. But then at the same time, they have the nerve to ask OPEC to increase production. So it's really, oh, you, yeah. know, you know, you don't know where that and, and clear, you know, OPEC wasn't going to do that. I, I guess that was a political, just a theater. Gee, I mean, that's yeah, I don't I don't know. That should have been behind doors. That should have been <laughs> behind, behind closed doors. doors. Right. That, that shouldn't have been uh, if, they, so, if they if they were successful, which it was sort of a Hail Mary, you know, OPEC is saying. That. And when it happened, I said, they're going to just say we are increasing production. Yeah. You know, it's coming. Right. And it's yeah. exactly what they said. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Uh, we had a couple of years where OPEC is as, as a group is is highly successful in a um, increasing demand uh, situation and, and very uh, unsuccessful in decreasing demand. So it's almost like, uh, are they, are they really driving these markets at all? It is like, you know, say that they're, uh, they're increasing by 400,000 uh, barrels a day. And, um, you know, I guess the markets come off. So that's a little bit, but it's, it's also COVID in there, but yeah. You know, Jim, I think they've done a pretty good job of managing the market since they completely undid it last year. Well, that's upsetting. <laughs> Thank you. That's my point is uh, right. they're, they're really good after they're really bad. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's like a Churchill yeah. line about the U.S. where we're, uh, we always do the, the U.S. always does the right thing after they've done every other possible thing first. Right. Yeah, so, um, okay, so. Let's get back to the prices. So you're thinking kind of a range going forward um, as all these, uh, you know, the COVID OPEC policy. Oh, U.S. US production rig counts. Does that, does that give you any uh, that, optimism that we're producing more or less than what's in these numbers? Or what, 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 what's your comment on that? Well, the, the EIA, getting back to the EIA, is looking for production to be pretty flat actually we're at 113 i'm looking at the they're looking for 112 in the third quarter and 1126 and i'm sorry 1126 in the third quarter and 113 in the fourth quarter we're at 113 right now and then uh next year they have uh first quarter 115 second quarter 116 119 and 121 okay. personally i think that they're low for uh the second half of this year uh, I think Q3 is going to be closer to 11.4, and I think Q4 is going to be closer to 11.45, 11.5. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be higher. But frankly, it, it you know I've thought it was going to be higher all year, and and um, the the U.S. producers have done a pretty good job 
of uh, of being disciplined and not really not really going for it on the on this rally. But we have seen the, the recount has doubled, you know, in in a year. So uh, you know, I, th- I think the production is going to be uh, is going to be somewhat higher. Where we are also going to see what we are seeing growth is on NGLs. Um, NGL production is up six hundred thousand barrels a day from Q2 to Q1 and then flat for the, the rest of the year. But next year, the EIA for 2022, Jim, yes, we're looking for a, a half a million barrel a day increase on uh, NGL production Jeez. and 600 on, um, you know, on crude. So that's a, a total liquids increase of 1.1 million barrels a day. That's a lot. Yeah, I'm thinking, uh, as you said before, there's going to be uh, builds in the first quarter and second quarter. And if we get some kind of hiccup in demand going, you know, towards the end of the year, maybe that maybe this virus uh, gets gets in full, you know, full force. Um, you know, that that might be an interesting first quarter. Yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, are we going to see fresh price pressure from the back? Price pressure for the front, you know, how is that gonna, you know, how is that gonna work? Certainly, right. the curve has come off a lot. I mean, the curve has really gotten crushed uh, here, and I think that again, that's that's part of the expectations. You know, when you start cutting demand down that much, you're you're you know, the curve is gonna go lower. Now, I have a question for you. Yes. Um, I I think you had mentioned that the big open interest for uh, options was was it these twenty two. Yeah, we've been talking about that since the beginning of the year. How uh, there's like seventy thousand open interest in these twenty two hundred dollar calls, and um, it dwarfs number number. Uh, let's see, number two is the these twenty twenty one seventy five call with thirty one thousand, and the and the highest open interest put is the these fifty put with twenty one thousand. So, you know, that's where a lot of it may be uh, mainly one trader, but I don't think it's all one trader. And you know, four of the top ten open interest strikes for um, calls are these twenty-two calls, so hundreds, ninety-eights, that kind of thing. And it's just uh, unusual, but that that hasn't been active in a while. It's volume has been kind of, I have to say, it's kind of like a summertime vacation volume, occasionally a, a couple of days over a hundred thousand, but not not big volume. And, um, you know, if you look at the total open interest, 1.48 million in calls and 844,000 in the puts. And that would kind of go along with, you know, I think the numbers you're giving for the uh, net length for funds was uh, um, options adjusted, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so whatever, you know, if, if they bought call spreads, that would be a, you know, a put for, if the funds bought call spreads, that would be a not as bullish as if they bought calls outright, perhaps. Um, so, but that, but but the bullish bearish stuff of the funds in the options market shows up in those numbers that you mentioned already. But it's just more, you know, more along what we've seen uh, for a while. People really get revved up about hundred dollar oil, and you know, still could happen, but uh, sure, not today. It's not, yeah, not, so not today. Just a, just a quick exercise. Are we, let's take that going a month out. So it's, so it's August, give you, give you to the end of September. 
I think we're more likely to hit $80 or uh, $50 or neither. Well, you, you don't think oh, it's Oh, I think happen. that's a neither. Yeah. That's I a neither. But if, if one had to be hit, would you have a bias on one or the other? In the next couple of months? The next month. Say. Okay, give it two months. Uh, yeah, I guess it would still be the 80. Still be the 80. It would still be the 80 because we, you know, we're even though, you know, you look at these stock draws and, okay, it's not going to be as much as it was before. It still draws, it looks like. Right. It, it still draws. And you look at, you know, you look at inventories, Jim. Yeah. Global inventories at, at the end, the OECD inventories, according to the IEA. Yep. It, it's 60 million below at the end of June is, is 60 million below the the five year average 2015 to 2019. Let's throw mm -hmm. out 2020. So, you know, we're already low. If we're drawing stocks, we're going to get lower. So, yeah. you know, we're, at the end, if, if we draw stocks, just looking at, you know, my own numbers, you know, I have us 100 million below the five year average by the end of the year. You know, that that's not bearish. It's not bearish. It, doesn't, it means the, uh, you don't think the market's going to crap out here. I really don't. No. Yeah. Not, we, no, we, as we don't. always say, all things are possible. That's, oh, yeah. All things are possible. I mean, maybe, you know, uh, the market, we'll see what happens, you know, if, let, let's say these talks are rescheduled, you know, the Iran-US talks, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe the market takes another, another leg down. Uh, they could be rescheduled, but nothing comes of it. Well, we'll see. Right now, I think the market is not expecting very much to come out of the the uh, you know out of that nuclear the the U.S. getting back into the nuclear deal. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting. I kind of think the uh, administration needs a uh, I don't I want to call it a victory in foreign policy, but uh, something like a good a good outcome, and I. I'm not, I'm not sure which it is. Is it a, is it a, an Iranian deal or not an Iranian deal? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so. they, yeah, that, that's right. But that, you know, that's clearly going to be a big fundamental because Iran can quickly put out uh, half a million to a million barrels a day uh, onto, onto the market. And if, if that's the case by, let's say it's, you know, if that's the case, then a lot of these you know, a lot of the draw, the draw, there will, there'll be no draw, uh, you know, it'll, things will be flat uh, to maybe build. And then we talked about the first half build. Uh, so OPEC's going to have a lot of work to do. Yes. Um, just wrapping it up. So, so we're going to look at this Iran, you know, continue to kind of focus on whether this Iran deal gets done. Focus, obviously, we mentioned uh, COVID, the Delta variant. Any other variants that come along, and what always OPEC policy or OPEC that's, policy? That's pretty China. stable, though, don't you think? Right. For, the, for a while now, the OPEC policy, yeah. I mean, they're yeah, gonna yeah. like where they are. I think. And I, I what, think they're yeah. I think they're, they're okay here. And what else do we look at? Well, China. I mean, China. The the, the China, and certainly if we're looking at the. Uh, you know, the stats, we'll see how, you know, we'll see how demand uh, plays out here in the, in the third quarter. You know, we'll see where August gasoline demand. The other, the other thing that I didn't mention, diesel demand is sort of plateauing. Yes. Uh, and I think that's a function of 
people on vacation that ah. uh, that doesn't seem to be the demand for goods. Well, uh, the retail demand for goods may have waned some. Retail sales were down today. I actually have a couple of packages from my neighbors because they're on vacation. So yeah, yeah but it's not not. But I think people. <laughs> not the point. The the big point yeah. is people are spending money on yes. that rather than goods over yes. the last couple of months. We'll see if they they come back. And of course, the supply chains are all messed up. Uh, but you know, diesel demand is is as I said, it's it's plateauing here. It's some, and let's see how. You know, and that that too is a is a story of a global economy and the and the supply chain. So we'll see how that, you know, how yeah. that plays out. I think retail sales were down today, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what so, I was saying. They were down. I think one point one percent. Point one. Yeah. Uh, you want to wrap it up, Andy? Yeah. Let's um, just for for some final comments. Not not necessarily on. Uh, on the market, but um, we just did a, did a podcast with uh, Amy Jaffe because I know we talked about the energy transition today, and uh, Amy's written a new book called "Energy's Digital Future." It's it's excellent, and uh, we did a podcast with Amy, which we are going to post uh, very shortly. So I urge everybody to listen to that, and you can find me uh, at a labo at commodityresearchgroup.com and I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. Jim? Yeah, you can uh, continue to uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. I say yes to everybody. So, Okay, Andy, thank you very much. We'll see you uh, in a month. Okay.